Colossians chapter 2. We're going to look at the first 10 verses tonight. In the first chapter, Paul was praying for and thankful for the people of Colossae. They had uh, become Christians, and he is trying to encourage them. And his desire is for them to grow in the wisdom and knowledge of Jesus Christ, to mature in Jesus, to stand firm in Jesus. He said, look, you are saved by Jesus if you remain in Jesus and stand on the faith you had from the beginning. So he is encouraging them not to turn from Jesus, who they have trusted, but to grow in him. And that is a good message for us to live by as well. He kind of continues on with the same same thought, the same ideas that we see at the end of chapter 1. These things are kind of repeated and very similar here at the beginning of chapter 2. So let's pray, and then we will get started. God, we come to you tonight, and I thank you for your good words. And I pray, God, that we would grow in you tonight by hearing them. I pray that your Holy Spirit would just speak to our lives, help us to see areas that we need to grow in you. Help us to see areas that we need to repent. God, help us to get encouragement from you and to get joy from you, dear Lord, to be reminded that you love us. And God, I pray that we would listen to these words that Paul wrote all those years ago because, God, they apply to us too and we can learn something from them. And I pray that God Jesus Christ will be glorified and that all the focus and all the attention anytime we meet is always on Jesus, just as we see it is in the writings of Paul in the book of Colossians. And I Pray that you hide me behind the cross and help me to do a good job tonight. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen. <clears throat> Colossians chapter 2, verse 1. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you, for those in Laodicea, and for all who have not seen me in person. I want their hearts to be encouraged and joined together in love so that they may have all the riches of assured understanding and have the knowledge of God's mystery, Christ. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in him. Now, he says here that he is struggling, and he is struggling. We will find out later in the book that Paul is in prison while he is writing this letter. And not only is this letter for the good and the things that he is saying for the good of the people of Colossae, but he also mentions Laodicea here. Now, we see that, uh, that, that location mentioned on a few occasions in Scripture, and Laodicea and Colossae were really close to each other. They were, they were very close. So it is likely that the things that Paul was teaching would certainly have made the rounds around that area. And he says here, Look, I struggle for you and for those in Laodicea and for all those who have not seen me in person. Now, he could be saying, Look, you people in Colossae and, and, and the people of Laodicea, you have seen me, and I struggle for you, and I'm also struggling even for those who haven't seen me. That's what he could mean there, or he could also mean that the people of Colossae and the people of Laodicea have not seen him. And that seems to be the, the, the most popular idea, is that Paul has never seen or met the people of Colossae, and they don't know Paul, but he is writing to them because, after all, Paul's uh, reputation would have been well known throughout the land because at that time he would have probably been uh, the most outspoken Christian, uh, the person doing the most work for the Lord. And so 
His name had probably made its way around, and even if they had not seen him, he wants them to know, look, I am struggling for you. I am doing the work for you. I am in prison. I am going through all of these things because I want to keep preaching the truth. I want to keep teaching the truth, and I'll do whatever it takes. I'll continue in the struggle because it is far your good. And he says here in verse 2, I want their hearts to be encouraged and joined together in love. Now, this is good for us to remember, too, that as brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, especially as a, as a body of believers, uh, the Church of Enterprise Baptist Church, it is important for us that we are encouraged, that we encourage one another, and that we love one another. That's what Paul says needs to be the starting point here, that there needs to be love to properly understand and grow in the Lord. If we don't love each other, then we're not going to grow in the Lord. It's just that simple. If you have hatred in your heart, if you don't have love in your heart for other people around, especially those brothers and sisters of Christ in this body of Christ, if there's not love there, then this church will not be successful in anything that it does. We cannot grow in the Lord if we don't love one another. We can't love the Lord. If we say we love the Lord and we hate our brother, well, in 1 John, it says, wait a minute, that doesn't add up. And so if we say we love God, then we have to love our brother. And if we don't love our brother, then we need to examine ourselves. And Paul says, look, I want everybody to be encouraged. I want them to be joined together in love so they can grow in the knowledge and the wisdom of Jesus Christ. In this mystery, he refers to it. He said that we saw at the end last week of chapter 1. He talks about this mystery, the mystery that is Jesus Christ. Uh, if, if, if you read the scripture and you know Jesus Christ, then it's no mystery for you. If you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, then the mystery has been revealed. The prophecies of the Old Testament that pointed us toward the Messiah that was coming and how things were going to be fulfilled, well, when we see the life of Jesus and we read the New Testament, we see that all those things have been fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Everything we saw in the Old Testament was a foreshadow, was shadowing what was to come. It was letting us know, okay, this is kind of the way that God wants things, but this is only a, a kind of a darkened version. But when the light comes, when Jesus comes, all of these things will, will be perfected. And everything that we saw a glimpse of in the Old Testament is fulfilled and completed in Jesus Christ. And that's the mystery that's being talked about here by Paul. What is the mystery? The mystery is Jesus Christ. Those who do not know Christ do not know God's word and listen to it and believe it, they do not understand the mystery. But for those of us who do read God's word and follow Jesus Christ, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in him. And so if we want wisdom and we want knowledge, it is only found in Jesus Christ. Now, you will find many people in the world uh, that will tell you you can find wisdom and knowledge just in nature, just in your own being, just by looking into your inner self and all of these types of things, but you're not going to get any wisdom or any knowledge except for in Jesus Christ because all wisdom and knowledge is hidden in Him. And so what the world calls wisdom and knowledge is not fully wisdom and knowledge. It's maybe some wisdom and knowledge in that, but not uh, in its entirety that we see in Jesus Christ. Verse 4. <clears throat> I'm saying this so that no one will deceive you with persuasive arguments. For I may be absent in body, but I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see 
how well ordered you are and the strength of your faith in Christ. Now, why is Paul saying this? I'm telling you what to look out for. I'm, I, I, and he's about to tell him this. Here's some things to look out for. But I'm telling you what to stand on so that you will not be deceived. That's why we keep coming to church every week, hopefully, so we can learn God's Word more. That's why we gather together. That's why we pray with each other. That's why we're always in the Word. We're looking at the Word. We're studying the Word. Even stuff that we may have read once or twice or a hundred times, things that we may have heard a thousand times. Why do we keep coming back and reading this same book over and over? Because we want to grow in it. Because we know there's wisdom in it. We know that everything is in Christ. And so we come and we study about Christ. We learn about Christ. We remind ourselves about Christ. We listen to these words and we write them on our heart. We put them in our mind so that the Holy Spirit will recall them to us at the proper time. Why? So that we will not be deceived when we hear a lie. So that we will have the wisdom of Christ and when we hear the lies of the world, we will know that's not true. We know what wisdom is. We know what truth is if we have come to Jesus Christ. And Paul says, I'm reminding you of these things. He's already told them all about Jesus. Well, they knew about Jesus, at least on some level, because they were Christians. But Paul is, is saying, I'm telling you more about Jesus. Maybe some of this they already knew, but he was pounding at home. Why? Because there are other things and other people that are going to compete for our minds and for our hearts. And Paul says, I don't want you to be deceived. I don't want you to follow a lie. I want you to follow the truth in Jesus Christ. He said in verse 5, For I may be absent in body, but I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see how well-ordered you are in the strength of your faith. Now, even though Paul cannot be with them, he's letting them know. He's already told them at the beginning of the book. He's praying for them. He's encouraging them. He's thankful for them. And he is anxious to hear that they are doing good. He wants to hear that good news. He wants to get word from the people of Colossae that they are walking in Christ, that they are growing in Christ, that they are leading more people to Christ. He wants to hear that good news. You know what it's like to hear good news. If you ever, if you ever known somebody whose life wasn't going right, maybe it was your life, and, and, and boy, you were going down the wrong path, and, and it's somebody you love, and you see them make bad choices, and you just worry about them, and you, and you know they don't, they, don't, they don't go to church. You know they're not in the Bible. You know that they don't believe in God. You know that they don't trust Jesus Christ. And then all of a sudden you hear one day, hey, did you hear about so-and-so? They became a Christian. They got off the drugs. They got their life straightened up. They are in church every Sunday. They are reading God's Word. They are growing in God. Well, we like to hear that, right? It makes us feel good when we hear that news about a family member or about a friend and when we know that they've become a Christian and we hear good things from them and we see that over weeks and over months and over years that they are continuing to grow in the Lord and they're not slipping back into their old ways and we like to hear good reports. We like to hear that good news and that's what Paul is saying here. He is rejoicing to see how well-ordered they are in the strength of their faith in Christ. He wants to see them continued to be strengthened in Jesus. In verse 6, he says, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus, the Lord, walk in Him. And so they have found the straight and narrow, as the Bible would say. Uh, the road is wide and, 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 and easy that leads to destruction. But 
to, to, to walk the road that God wants us to walk, it's a, it's a difficult path. It's a narrow path. And we have, to, we have to try our best to stay on that narrow path and not get on that road that leads to destruction. And when we find Jesus Christ, we have found the right path. And now we need to walk in Him. Now, if you were walking through the woods and the woods were all grown up and the trees were grown up and there were briars and there were bushes... That's not fun to walk through. If you've ever walked through woods like that, that's, that's tough. You get all scraped up and cut up, and you get caught. Your pants get caught on the briars, and you can't move. But what if right beside all of that there was a, a path? Not a, not a wide path, but a path that you could walk through cleanly to get to where you wanted to go. How much sense would it make to keep walking through all the mess when you, all you had to do was step over and get on the path? That's what Paul is saying here. He says, look, you have found the path in Jesus Christ. Now stay on it. And that's something that perhaps we need to hear from time to time. If we put our faith in Jesus Christ, we found the path, but we don't always stay on the path. Sometimes we get off the path. Well, maybe tonight's a good time for you to get back on the path. You're walking through a bunch of briars and brush, and your life is more difficult than it should be because you're not walking on the path that God has already provided for you in Jesus Christ, and you see it. It's right there beside you. All you got to do is repent and get back on the path. So Paul says, walk in Christ. And he says in verse 7, that they are to be rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, overflowing with gratitude. So they are to be rooted in Christ and be built up in Christ. Now, think about a tree here. We got lots of, lots of trees in our new house in the yard. I counted 75 pine trees uh, a couple days ago. I was curious to how many out there. And they're old pine trees. They've been there a long time. They're really tall. And on the ground, there are roots, long roots that go for a long way on some of them. And they're sticking up out of the ground. And the reason why the trees are able to get as tall as they are able to get is because the roots continue to grow and they are well-rooted. And so when a tree is well-rooted, it can continue to be built up. It can continue to grow upward. If a tree is not well-rooted, even if it attempted to grow upward, it wouldn't last very long because eventually when it got tall enough, if it's not well-rooted, the wind would come and blow it over. If a, if a tree is well-rooted, though, it gets the nutrients it needs to be built up to grow taller, but it also has the strength. It's holding it down. It's keeping it grounded so that when even when storms come, the tree can withstand the storm that comes. And Paul says here that they are to be rooted and built up in Jesus Christ. Now, we can... If we are not rooted in Jesus Christ, but we are trying to be built up in Christ, then guess what? We're not going to withstand life storms. Now, here, here's a good example of what that may look like. Perhaps, uh, perhaps we do a lot of good religious stuff. We come to church, and we may even read our Bible a little bit. We, we may pray. Uh, we may even do some nice deeds, but our heart is not really in Christ. We are not really seeking the Lord. We are not really living for the Lord. So when we are just involved in religion, we are, we are building ourselves up, but we are not well-rooted. We're building ourselves up, but if we're built on religion or anything else, then we are going to be toppled. We are going to fall. We are going to be destroyed. So we want to focus first on being rooted in Jesus Christ. And if our focus is on Jesus and we are rooted in Him, and we are getting our nutrients from the Word of God and from 
prayer, our prayer life and from our time in the Scripture, then, then, then the rest of those things will come. If we are rooted in Christ, as we begin to be built up in Christ, then our actions will begin to reflect those of Jesus Christ. We don't have to try. We don't have to put on a show. That will be what naturally comes out of us because we will be bearing good fruit. That's what the Bible says. You'll know a tree by its fruit. A good tree bears good fruit. And if we are well-rooted in Jesus Christ and we are built up in Him, then we will produce good fruit. And we will be able to be built up and we will be able to withstand whatever comes against us. And that's what Paul says here, be rooted and built up in Him. Verse 8, Be careful that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit based on human tradition, based on the elemental forces of the world and not based on Christ. For the entire fullness of God's nature dwells bodily in Christ, and you have been filled by Him who is the head over every ruler and authority. So here it gives a, a word of, 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 of warning here. Be careful that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit based on human tradition. Now this was going on in Paul's day, and guess what? It's still going on today. Uh, many people will use philosophy and they tell you, oh, you can, you can find everything you need to know in your, in your human nature. You can understand things and you can be able to figure things out. Uh, you have the power to do this on your own. You can, you can do this. But that's not what Scripture says. Scripture says that all things are through Christ. That's what Paul said at the beginning of Colossians in chapter 1. All things are through Christ. We can't or rely on our human traditions and our human means, we must rely on Jesus Christ. And so Paul says, look, don't let anyone lead you astray in these areas. Be warned. Be on your guard. Don't let anyone try to sway you away from Jesus Christ to live for the world. And many people would say that. Oh, you don't need Jesus Christ. You can, uh, here's, here's all the answers. You can do what you want to do. You can do this. You can do that. You can be what you want to be. You can overcome what you want to overcome, whatever it may be. There are lots of things that people will say you can do this on your own. But the Bible says we can do nothing apart from Jesus Christ. And so Paul says, be on your guard so that you are not led astray. And remember that the fullness of God's nature dwells bodily in Christ. And you have been filled by Him who is the head over every ruler and authority. Just a little reminder there of who's in control. It is Jesus Christ. And so if we are looking to seek someone who is going to be able to deliver us, who is going to be able to help us stand firm in life's difficulties, who is going to forgive our sins then we need, look, need not look any further than Jesus Christ because there is nowhere to look. Uh, it's, it's, it's like uh, playing a game of hide-and-go-seek, and Jesus is the one you're looking for, and you find him, and you say, but yeah, i got to find somebody else. Well, if you found the one you were looking for, there is no one else for us to seek. And so many people may hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. They may hear God's word, but they still may be seeking for something else. But they're seeking for something that they will never find. They must go back to the one that they have found. And hopefully all of us have found Jesus Christ. And if you have found Jesus Christ, I hope that you were trusting in him, and I hope that you are walking on the straight and narrow. Don't be deceived. Stand firm in the faith. 
Be well rooted in Christ and He will get you through whatever comes your way. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you tonight and we thank you for these good words and I pray that you would help us to grow in you. Uh, God, I, I just pray that you would help us to see areas maybe where we're not well rooted or maybe if we've stepped off the straight and narrow, God, help us to get back on track. Help us to repent. Help us to follow Jesus Christ. And God, I pray that you help us to uh, be able to withstand the attacks of this world, dear Lord. There, there may be people that will tell us that we're crazy for reading your word and tell us that we're crazy for trusting in Jesus. But God, let us not, let us not waver in our faith. But God, let us stand strong. Let us not be deceived by the things of the world. God, the world thinks it knows what is wisdom. But God, if the world doesn't know Jesus Christ, the world knows nothing. Because God, your word tells us all wisdom and understanding and truth. It's hidden in Jesus. And so, God, I pray that as we see your word tonight, it's no longer hidden to us because we know the truth. And I pray that everyone in here knows Jesus. And if they don't, I pray that they'd put their faith in him and follow him. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. To learn more about Jesus, call or text Pastor Shan at 601-657-0180 or email him at shanvn at me.com. You can also visit us at www.enterprisebaptist.church or follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash ebcliberty. We hope that you have been blessed by today's service.